Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Come on. Good morning. All right. All right. I believe God has a word for each and every one of you today. If you would, if you would just be open to receive it. Amen. Amen. That means, that means we have to, for the next, you know, six or seven hours, let's just kind of press in. I'm joking. Relax. Let's just kind of press in and and uh, just have have an ear and an open heart to what God would have us listen and hear today. Amen. Father, we just thank you for your word, which never returns void, Lord God. We thank you, God, that there is not one person in this place today that surprised you by showing up. We thank you that you knew each and every one that would be here today and you specifically formulated something, some experience, some word, some lyric in a song, some harmony, some melody to touch the heart of each and every one that's in this place. And so right now we just surrender to you. We ask you to have your way, Lord. As you have been, God, let this place be surrounded by your presence. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Well, we're, we're in the middle of a, a sermon series titled No Fairy Tales, and we've been going everywhere with that thing. And like we, what we like to do a lot of times, and even right in the middle of a series, God will just interrupt us. And so we just want to be open to that. And today is an interruption that we welcomed. And so... Um, to kind of break out of the series for a moment and just hear from God directly in a different way. I just, I have our, our house prophets, they get nervous when I call them that. But Josh and Lee, if you guys would come and bless us with a word. Gosh, the presence of God is just so thick and it's so heavy in this room. You know, I hope you're ready to be undignified with me this morning. I want you to be undignified with me this morning. I want you to just let yourself just be totally open to the spirit and the presence of God over your life. The Holy Spirit has opened himself up to us. He has freely given us all things. He has freely come to us in the spirit of peace, the spirit of joy. And I believe this morning that the spirit of prophecy wants to awaken something on the inside of you. He's calling out destiny this morning in so many lives in this room. And from last night into this morning, I have been totally wrecked by the presence of God. I've been totally overcome and humbled with a heart of repentance before the Lord because I realized that that none of this is about me. I realized that none of this is about us. It's about Jesus. It's about the Son of God. It's about His life. We gather here every morning, every Sunday morning, we We lift up his name. We take out hours upon hours. And sometimes it's so easy to lose sight of that. 
it's so easy to forget that this is not about any of us, but this is about the love of God and what Jesus did for us on the cross. And when he died and when he stretched his arms and when he laid his head and he said, I commit my hands into your spirit, into your hands. I commit my spirit into your hands, God. When he said that, he took his last breath and he went down to the pit of hell to take back the keys of darkness so that you and I could be free, so that we could enjoy our lives without the fear of death. We have been redeemed. Church, your life has been redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ. And Pastor George did such a wonderful job last week just describing what that blood meant what that blood has done for us. And that means that we are no longer orphans. Because I know what it is to live the life of an orphan. And we are no longer orphans. We don't have to feel uncomfortable in his presence because his love is our home. When I gave my heart to Jesus, you know, we've been singing this song a lot lately. And when I gave my life to Jesus, I found where I belong. And in the presence of God is where I belong. And in the presence of God is where you belong. You are no longer orphans. You are no longer without a father. You are no longer without the protection of the Holy Spirit. You are no longer without a home. But you belong in the presence of God. Your life, your future, and your past belong in the presence of God. So would you take your past this morning and offer it up into the presence of God and say, this is yours. Because sometimes all we can offer God is our brokenness. And sometimes all we can offer God is the messiness and the busyness and the ugliness of our lives. And I hear the Spirit of God saying, it's okay, that's enough. Would you come to me and just bring that, bring that, bring that, bring that before me. Bring that to the feet of Jesus. Do you know how beautiful that is? When was the last time you got down on your knees in the presence of God? When was the last time that you bowed yourself so low and you said, Jesus, I'm nothing? When was the last time that you believed that he was a loving father to you? When was the last time you believed that he would never leave you or forsake you? This morning you are no longer an orphan. Your life belongs to God. Your calling, it belongs to Jesus. The next breath you take belongs to God. You are no longer sojourners or wanderers. God's been speaking to us so much about this wandering spirit. Wandering aimlessly about just, I don't know, one day, I guess, I feel this way, so I'm going to walk this way. And the next day, I'm going to walk this way because, 
you know, I don't like the way I walked yesterday anymore, so I'm going to walk down this path. And you come and you sit in the house of God and, and you say, well, I got to figure out what works for me. I got to figure out where I belong. I mean, I really haven't found that place yet. So you walk around without destiny. You walk around without purpose. But God has called us to be like pilgrims. He set us on a pilgrimage, which means that we are settlers. We are intended to walk with purpose and with direction so that we can settle ourselves in a place where we can build an altar to God and we can build a place for God and say, Lord, this is for you and this is for you alone and the world can't have it. And because you've taken me here and because you've directed me to this place, I'm going to dedicate it unto you. But that gypsy spirit, that wandering spirit will make you walk around in circles and walk around and around where you have no destiny and no purpose. And God doesn't want that for you. He does not want that for you. He is a good shepherd. And you can put that up. He is the good shepherd. He's looking for his sheep. He's looking for his sheep. He's looking for those of you who have not yet made his heart your home. He's looking for those of you who have been so hurt by other shepherds that you won't trust the one true shepherd. He's looking for you. He's looking for you. He's running after you. The Spirit of God is running after you. You are his sheep. And he is a good, good father. Do you know that song? Good, good father. He's a good father to you. And the shepherd, the good shepherd is coming for you. And he's saying, come. I don't want you walking around in circles anymore. Come. For those of you who are tired of the world and you're tired of aimlessly having your being, he says, come, come, come. Come find your place. Let me show you the way to walk. Let me take you on adventures because settling down is, is not boring. That's where you find your life. When you commit yourself to the presence of God and you commit yourself to the will of God, that's where you find the greatest adventures that you will ever find in this life. Don't let the world lie to you and tell you that you need to go about aimlessly on a plane and travel to every different country just so that you can see the Eiffel Tower. Just so people can respect you because you've traveled a little bit. So what? Who cares? What's the point? I come from a family that that's all that they do. And when you reach about 21, you put a backpack on your back and you travel the world. And because I didn't do that, and because I didn't go to some big university, I used to think, well, what, you know, I have no respect. Like, I haven't done much with my life. That's a lie. That's a lie. And I have been to some other countries. But when I've gone, I've gone with purpose and I've gone with a cause and I've been able to stand beyond where I ever thought I could walk so that I could set up an altar and say the faithfulness of God my savior my messiah Jesus is real 
And there are adventures and purpose and destiny that God wants to take you to. And you know, there are some of you that may be damaged. And this is what the Lord was speaking to us just about our own experiences. Our own experiences with church. Many, many, many years ago when I first got saved, my very, very first pastor coming into the house of God when I was 17 years old was such a, his name was Pastor Jansen and he was the most beautiful man of God. And some of you may remember him. And he nurtured me and he believed in the call of God on my life and he spoke into me and he gave me opportunities and he just was everything that a good shepherd should be. And I'll never forget, I had one whole year of that nurturing when I first got saved. And then the first Easter Sunday that I ever experienced, I got a call at five o'clock in the morning by some of the leaders in the church telling me, I'm so sorry to tell you this, but Pastor Jansen has passed away on Easter Sunday. Can you imagine? And I remember walking into the house of God and it was so hard for me to worship because here I was, a new Christian, a baby in the Lord, a baby in the house of God. I was still living in foster care and the only man in all those years of loneliness that I had seen as a father and as a shepherd is now gone. And all over again, I felt abandoned. And all over again, I was challenged to worship through the hardship. And because we're all human, we look for leaders. And during that time, there was a great split in my church and there was just so much chaos, right? The enemy comes in when we're the most vulnerable, even as a people, even in the house of God. And there arose these people who began a church group in their home. And little did I know that by me and my husband and our family attending this house group, thinking that it was totally innocent, and not that I have anything against home groups, because we've done that here in this church, and it's been amazing. But little did I know that that experience would turn into a cult. And that for the next two years or so, my husband and I sat in a place of deception thinking the whole time that we were walking according to the will of God because we were so anxious to have a shepherd over us because we couldn't trust that Jesus himself was a good enough father and shepherd to nurture our walk. And so we ran to people and we depended on their every word. We depended on everything and we were so deceived. So deceived to the point that when I was 21 years old, I was pregnant with my twins. And my adopted family had put away a large sum of money for me. And this cult had said that they needed all of our money. And because I was so hungry, I had so much zeal, so much, what's another word for that, fervor. I had so much excitement to just give everything to Jesus. But because of where I was at, I gave that all to people. And there's a difference there. You know, the word of God says that zeal without wisdom. There's an excitement that we can have in Christ and in the spirit, but we need to use wisdom about how we pour ourselves out, right? And so I remember sitting in the church that morning and they were asking us for our money and my hand was shaking in my checkbook and I'm like, (gasps) and that morning, being pregnant with twins, 
already having my oldest, going on three children, 21 years old, I wrote a check out for $10,000. And I gave it to this cult. And we gave this. Because we gave everything. Because we just wanted, we felt like, well, if I just give this all away, well, then God will bless me. And he has, and he has, right? Because the Bible says that he winks at our ignorance and he saw that we were ignorant. He saw that we didn't know. He, he saw that we had the right intention. And believe you me, the Lord has been generous. And his, he has restored beyond that to us. So I don't cry about that anymore. And I'm not worried about where that went. However, what I'm trying to say to you is that we didn't put our trust in the good shepherd. And we put our trust in people. And we put our trust in man. And when man failed us, we were left empty and we were left dry. And at that point, we had no other choice but to run into the presence of God. You know, the Lord, I remember the day that he opened up, he opened up our eyes and I was embarrassed and I felt ashamed and I felt stupid. Because here I was, I thought I loved Jesus so much, and how was I so deceived by these people? And I realized that the enemy, that was the plan of the enemy. He wanted to bury me in condemnation, and he wanted to bury me in that shame. And ah, thank God for the word of God, because the Lord surely took, <laughs> he surely took his word, and he spoke it into us. And I want to read a portion of scripture this morning that he spoke to us about him being the good shepherd. And I don't know if you have your Bibles with you, but if you do, why don't you open up to Ezekiel 34? And I'm not going to go through the whole entire, the whole entire chapter because it's a lot to read. So when you get home, definitely um, feed off of that. It says... Verse 8, as I live, says the Lord, surely my sheep have become a prey. They've become prey. They've become vulnerable. They've become a meal for the enemy. And my sheep became food for every beast of the field because there was no shepherd. <laughs> uh, but it says, neither did the shepherd search for my sheep. And at that time, we didn't have a shepherd in the church that I was attending. But it says the shepherds fed themselves. And God goes on to say that he will rescue his sheep from their mouths so that we would no longer be food for the enemy. And you have to know that God's coming so that to rescue you so that you will no longer be food for the enemy. You will no longer be food for the enemy. And it says, as a shepherd seeks out his sheep in the day, that he is among his flock that are scattered. So I will seek out my sheep. And I will rescue them out of all the places where they have been scattered in the day of clouds and thick darkness. And I will bring them out from the people and I will gather them from the countries and I will bring them into their own land and I will feed them upon the mountains of Israel by the water courses and in all the inhabited places. I will feed them with a good pasture upon the high mountains of Israel there shall they lie down in a good fold 
and in a fat pasture shall they feed upon the mountains of Israel. I will feed my sheep and I will cause them to lie down, says the Lord. He will seek that which was lost and he will bring back that has strayed and he will bandage the hurt and the crippled and he will strengthen the weak and the sick. And it goes on to say about how you will be established. And there may be some of you this morning that have been hurt by the world. And maybe you have been hurt by the church. And maybe there was some corrupt leader that came to you in a time of vulnerability and really did some damage to your soul. But I want you to know that there is hope and that the heart of God wants to set you in a place like he has with Joshua and I on a good pasture, on good land, like he's done with us in this house, like he's done with us with the pastors and the under shepherds that we have now over us, in the place, in the presence of God, that he's taken Joshua and I to a place of truth, a place where we can discern what is true and what is evil, what is right, what is wrong. But my husband has so much on his heart and I want you to be able to share that. You know, um, I want to put a picture up. Let's put that first picture up. How many of you have been in situations where the enemy just robbed you of everything that's valuable? Whether it be in church, whether it be in a husband, a wife, a father, a mother, a job. No matter what it is, there has been a, a time in our lives where we, where something was taking valuable of us. We put your time into something. You put your effort. You know, you sacrifice. Sometimes you sacrifice your family to do certain things, and in the end, it leaves you with nothing. I hear the Lord saying, "How long will you allow the enemy to strip you of what's valuable?" Because what the enemy does, he takes that and he cashes in on it. He prospers. He does what he wants to do, but you're left with nothing. Turn to that second picture. We're left like that. Naked and ashamed. Feeling like we have no value. <laughs> that something's missing. The Lord is saying, I want to be your shepherd today. I want to bring you to a place where there's peace. Some of you don't even have peace. And you're in the house of the Lord. Some of you don't have safety. Whether you're in church, you don't feel safe sometimes. Whether you're in the world, you don't feel safe. So you do things, you find yourself being in situations where you should not be. I remember being in the world and going to church at the same time, living on both sides. One minute you're crying out to altar, asking God for help and asking God to give you peace and safety. And next thing you know, I'm in a 125 smoking weed in the corner, pretending I'm a rapper. Like, that, that was a lifestyle. Like, I, I needed something. I needed something. So when I came to church, having a father that was a preacher, but you know, he was distant. He didn't live with us. You always look for a father. And I remember going to our church, and 
asking God, you know, what is my calling to speak the gospel and to preach and all these desires I had. And I remember being in a situation where our pastors would just destroy me. I would sit in meetings where they would be like, you're an infidel. You know, infidel is someone that don't take care of their family because I didn't have a job, so I was an infidel. Would speak negative words against me. They would sit on the pulpit, and I would tell my wife, she thought I was crazy at one point. I said, look, they're talking about me there. And you would see them conversating and pointing to my direction. And it would just destroy me. I've been to, to services where guys would move in the, pre- in the presence of God and do healings and embarrass me in front of everybody in the church. Just destruction after destruction. Like it wasn't enough that the world swallowed me up and spit me out when it was done with it. But the church was doing the same thing. But I, want, I noticed one thing. As, I, as we went to our journey after we, that situation happened, we went to different churches after churches. I was always looking for that father, that shepherd father that would shepherd me and show me the way and nurture me. And can I tell you, though George is a great man of God and, and he gives us everything, you know, I still didn't find the shepherd. I still didn't find it. Because if I see a fault in him, it would just be like, oh, that's the same thing I've seen everywhere else. So I'll go back into a shell and never opening myself up, never being free in the spirit. But you know what the Lord told me? He said, I'm your good shepherd. I place princes over you. I pay different people over you to minister to you, to help you guide. But you know what they do? They guide you and stand out of the way and point you to Jesus, which is the good shepherd. And so many times we're looking we're looking and looking and looking for this shepherd to shepherd us, and we are caught up with, with just wolves in sheep clothing. Just being devoured, constantly being devoured and devoured and devoured and left empty. But I, I came to a place in my life where it was like, how can I be in a place and look for man to be my God? And look for man to meet all my needs when they're only man. That they're not perfect. That they're just like me, sheep in the fold. Blessed by God, watched over by God. So I say to you, how long will you run? How long will you run from the presence of God? How long will you run from a good shepherd bringing you to a place where you're safe and you feel peace and you're blessed and your family's taken care of and your family's protected? How long will you run? The world's gonna keep spitting you out. We'll get older and older and over, never accomplishing nothing. Like in two years, I'll be 40, right? Two years or a year and a half, I'll be 40. 40 years old. And I look at my life and like, what in God's name did I do myself? Play video games with my kids? <laughs> like, what did I do? What, what have I accomplished? Because I'm always searching. Always searching and being empty and searching and searching and searching. But I read Psalms 20, 23, right? You guys want to turn to Psalms? Want to put Psalm 23 up there? I know you wasn't playing, but I want to put that up. In our hearts and who we are, this should be our always our not only a prayer or a statement that we live by, but this is should we when storms come and situations that are out of control and we're being chewed up all the time. This is the things we should say: that the Lord is my shepherd; I shall not want. If you're in want today, then I mean. So, you, you, you may be in a place, I wouldn't say you don't have a shepherd, but I would say, you know what, it's a place where you're confused and you don't know that your shepherd leaves you without want. That he brings you into green pastures. If you don't feel you're in that place, I'm going to read Psalms 23 right now, actually. Because I want to read it. I used to know it by heart, because you go to Sunday school, you say it by heart. 
I know I always miss my cup running over somewhere. <laughs> Hold up. Sorry. Right. I don't have the church Wi-Fi, so it's slow. Give me one more second. I don't want to read the King James Version. You got it? Oh, right here? There you go. So you can follow along. I need the church Wi-Fi because this thing is mad slow. Optimum stinks. All right, let's read it. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Next one. He making me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. Let me tell you something. If you lack in peace, this is the place that God wants to bring you into. I don't care where you live. It doesn't matter where you live. You don't got to live in a private house in Connecticut somewhere. You can live in the ghetto and have peace. We live in the projects. We live in the projects. And I have peace. I'm not worrying about people beating their wives upstairs and fighting and putting on songs. These old RB songs like, make up to break up. Hearing that all day long in the building like, we have peace, even though there'd be fires in my building. We don't even know about it. We go downstairs in the morning. It's like a big black. Everything's black. We don't know because God gives us peace. And people are like, you hear what happened? I was like, no, nah, I don't hear nothing. <laughs> Next one. Oh, he restores my soul. He guides me in the paths of righteousness for his sake. Do you know that he takes us in the path of righteousness for his sake, not yours? He leads us in a good place, a place of, of blessing, a place of right standing for his sake, not ours. That's crazy. I don't know if you get that, but come on. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they come from me. Let me tell you something. You know how we always hear about these terrorists and stuff like that? Don't you know we're going to experience and see things that are dangerous, but we have to be afraid of it? Don't you know if you're in the ghetto and you're fighting in the streets, acting like a fool in the streets, and somebody's going to shoot you, and you're worried about standing up, or which way should I do, right? Should I, should I call on the name of the Lord, or should I go get a gun? In that moment, don't you know that God is going to protect you? That you don't have to fear nothing? You prepare a, a table. This is like, this is our thing. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Let me tell you something. We've been in places where people, hey, I'm just going to share this right now. You know, and this is, this is it's, not, it's not about George, but I'm going to share this. When we come up here, you know what I hear in my spirit, and I also heard it from people, that somewhere along the line, I must have kissed his rear rent to get up here. You, can you believe that? Yeah, I can believe that. I see, I hear that all the time. That I must have kissed, I must hang out in his house and play with his cat. You have a cat. I don't know if you're a cat or anything like that. We'll go play with his house and go and hang out with him. So I, I got favor all of a sudden from him to go. You know, one day he came up to us in the back of the church and we were like in the worst stage of our lives. He said, I feel from the Lord for you to prophesy and preach a message. And I was going to tell him, nah, 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 we ain't doing that. Because we're going, we're going through right now. We don't, don't want to do none of that. But we just say yes to Jesus. See, in the moment where you least expect it is when Jesus shows up for you. And you don't got to compromise. You don't got to uh, um, kiss somebody's rear end, you know. You don't got to do nothing. You just got to be who God called you to be and wait. In due season, you will reap a harvest. So I want you to trust God in everything you do. No matter how much you've been chewed up. No matter how much you do. You don't have to sacrifice nothing. Jesus played it all. It says, you have anointed my head with oil, my cup overflows. You know, I heard a great thing because you're talking about a shepherd and a sheep, right? And I heard this great message, right? The reason why it says the cup will uh, anoint my head with oil, that when sheep will eat off the ground, 
The, the shepherd would put oil over the ears so that bugs won't get into their ears and cause them to, to be delirious. You know, there's words of the enemy that will come into our minds to destroy us and make us confused about things. You know how many people worship God in the front of the altar and now they're believing in sun gods and craziness like that? And religions and, and different um, false gospels and false things in life. And they're receiving it as, 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 as it's good and true because they're in a wandering spirit because they allow the enemy to get into their ears. I pray today that the anointing will be over you. That no more lies will get into your ears and confuse you to who you are and what God has called you to do. Especially when you've been through hard times. Especially when you've been disappointed. Especially when people have tore you apart. Even in the church, those lies will get in your ear and you'll never be safe. You'll never be in a place of peace because you'll always be searching for Mr. Perfect. That's for your woman too. We look for Mr. Perfect. We get caught up in these settling situations with people that are no good. You've just been waiting too long. So you find Mr. Jerk. And the guys too. Come on, guys. You find a girl. She's pretty. She must be the one. She goes to church. And then you wake up. She's the devil the next day. You know what I'm saying? You got to think about the things we do. Don't allow God to lead you. Allow to be in his pasture. Because in his pasture is safety. He'll warn you when there's danger around. He'll warn you when there's, when there's trouble around, around you or, the, or around the corner. A decision you're going to make is going to cause a generational problem or something. I got more. I'm just hearing things in my head, but let's go. Let's keep going. Surely goodness and loving kindness will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Do you know where everywhere you walk that goodness follows you? The love of God follows you. Mercy follows you wherever you go. I hear God saying, I just had to say this real quick. Like I heard it before. Some of you guys are settling down for things that are not God who's called you to do. And I'm not talking about being in the house of the Lord 24 hours a day. But you are following dreams that's going to lead you dry and empty. And because it's good right now, because it produces some kind of finance or it produces a little happiness, temporary happiness, but it's going to leave you end, in the end dry and empty with nothing, nothing to show for it. God is trying to warn you right now. Be careful what you do. Be careful of your time. Be careful where you put your energy. Be careful where you put all your talents and your ability and everything that's of you, your relation, your heart, your body. Be careful where you put those things. Because it's going to leave you empty and dry. But in the fold of the shepherd, there's safety there. We can't play the fence. We can't be a sheep. I've seen a cartoon thing where the sheep was on the fence. I don't know why the, I don't know the sheep was doing it, but it just reminded me of so many of us are on the fence. I'm not sure. I don't really understand what you guys are doing here. I don't feel what you're feeling. Do I make that decision? Do I jump in full with God? Where is it going to lead me? Are you going to rob me of my money? Are you going to treat me bad? Are you, gonna, are you not going to be like my father or my mother was? There's so many questions people got in their minds why they don't step forward and do the fullness of what God has called them to do. Or they're here. If you're here, you're here for some kind of reason, right? Because I want to do the right thing. I want to be there in the right place. But it's up to you to surrender to God and allow him to be a shepherd and allow him to show you the goodness of him. Some people have been in church so many years don't know the goodness of God. And it's like a memory or a myth. That God did something good for them. Or he can he do something good for you. Yeah, I just want to prophesy over our leadership right now. I'm pretty sure they've been through situations where they've been in churches where leaders have, have devoured them. And spit them out when they were done. 
And they had to start from scratch and start from fresh. And this is what the Lord told me straight up. He told me, he's like, you experience it. Don't ever do it to nobody else. The Lord told us one time, he said, he said, I put you through this situation, but don't ever repay evil for evil. Don't ever do what someone else did to you. Always do the right thing. Always, even though if you don't feel it, always do the right thing because you repeat the same cycle that was done to you. Just like an abusive father, abusive mother, and then you grow up and you become that abuser, the same thing could happen in the church. So I hear the Lord telling me to break, the cycle is broken right now. That any beast will trying to come in your ear or around you that will cause destruction upon the body of Christ, that that stops now. That to raise a standard, there's no, we can't be these sheep hiding behind uh, gates and, and not, not being involved and stuff like that. I feel the Lord is telling me it's time to step it up to a new place. To quote that scripture, that Lord is my shepherd, that you will not want. That everything you need is there for you. But the hurts, God said he wants to heal you of those hurts. Though it was far long ago and it was past and stuff like that, but they still have a sting on you. Not because they'll do the same thing, but they won't do certain things because they're afraid they'll be repeat the same thing. And God said you're not going to repeat the same thing. You're not going to repeat the things that were done to you that were wrong. And I want you to let you know today, if you're in the, even in the house of God and he is your shepherd today, I'm going to let you know you will not repeat the same garbage that was done to you. But you're going to raise up a standard and you don't have to try not to be like, you know, one thing we did, we try not to be like our family or try not to be like the things we saw, we'll end up doing the same thing. But if I have someone to guide me and someone to show me the way and someone to put me in a place where I'm safe, that I could be everything I am. And I don't be ashamed of it. I'm not, I'm not ashamed of who I am. I, it's ridiculous. I'm like this in my job. Like, I don't even care. I even had a dream last night. And this is one thing I'm going to share with you guys too. I had a dream where I was, I, was, I don't know what it's about, but I was just like Batman, right? And the kids in the school were taking a test. And I would just go in there doing break times and just, you know, try to cheer them up and stuff like that. And a woman told me, you're making too much noise. You're making too much noise. And I'm like, I'm not even talking. I don't even stop. I'm in a dream. I said, I'm not even making I'm going quiet when I go into the classroom. And she said it again, you're making too much noise. You're making too much noise. And I confronted her in the dream. And I was like, listen, I'm not even speaking. So I don't know where you're coming from with all this nonsense. Just go, be, be gone, you know? And then when I, went, when I went to church in the dream, she was sitting in the pews. And the Lord told me, he said, you know what? The enemy doesn't want you to speak. He don't want you to open your mouth and be who you call to be. So he allows storms in the past to come so that today you will shut your mouths and never be who you were supposed to be. That you'll be silent from all the storms you've been through, all the drama, all the abuse you went through, whether it be in church, whether it be in your homes, all that stuff. The enemy said, God said, I want to take that and turn around for good. But the enemy says, look what happened to you. You can't say nothing. You can't be who you are. They're not going to accept you like that. And that was told to me through church. They're not going to accept that. You can't do that. You got to be this way. You got to do it like that. You got to do it this way. I'm sorry, I can't fit in the box. I always tell my wife, as long as I'm not in the box, you don't put me in the box, I, I, I'll, I'll be faithful and do what I do. You put me in the box, I'm breaking out of it. I don't care how rebellious I look. I'm, I'm not going to be in the box. But I love, thank God, that God bring me to a place where there's a princess in this church that allow me to be me. And they're not afraid for me to be me of what I'm going to say. I'm not going to say anything foolish, but to be free in God and everything he's called me to do. And God wants you today to come into this foe. He stands at the gate waiting. That's a shepherd at the gate waiting for you to come in. But it's your choice. It's your choice if you want to come into that place. But it's a safe place. 
Do you not believe that God wants to heal your marriages? Do you believe that God wants to set you free, provide for you? Desires your heart. I mean, I've been on this thing at my job for so long that people are like, well, what do you do? Oh, I draw, but I haven't drawn lunch. Oh, you should draw. You should do this. How long are you going to be a lunch aid? <laughs> you know, I tell people my job. How long are you going to be a lunch aid? You're gonna, you, don't you want to draw? So I put it even in my job. I, I said, look, I'm going to give you one year. They were like, what? And I was like, I'm going to give you one year. I'm believing God's going to open doors for me. So I don't have to be here no more. Because I don't want to be a janitor for the rest of my life. There are places that you're at. God said, I don't call you that for people. That's for a time. But he's calling you out to something wonderful now. He's calling you out to a place where you can pasture and a place where you can eat and feed and be who you are and grow. God wants to grow you today. He wants to bring you to a new place. But don't be afraid. You can't be afraid. Because what's waiting you here is not the same thing that waits you out there or happened to you out there. I used to be afraid. I'm going to finish off with this. I used to be afraid to say Joshua generation. And you know, a Joshua generation, the Bible was with the next generation where after Moses. I used to be afraid to say that because we were like in a cult. So anything associated with that look, home groups. I remember they did home groups. I said, I'm not going to home group. That's a cult, you know. <laughs> I remember we do prophetic here. And Mer- Pastor, Pastor uh, Miguel would be like, oh, we do prophetic here. I said, I'm not going there. You crazy? Prophetic is all of the devil and stuff like that. I was afraid to be who I was because I had a bad experience. But I want to share to you, if you have a bad experience in your life today, I'm going to end it like this. If you have a bad experience in your life, I want to let you know that the experience that awaits you is not a bad situation. But it's going to be the thing that you thought it was supposed to be, the way it was supposed to be, the way you felt like it was supposed to be, that's the way it's going to be now. Because God is bringing you to the next place in your life. Amen. So normally we don't call people out, but I was sharing with the leadership team in the back that I just felt the spirit of prophecy was in this room, and I just feel to prophesy to some of you, and if that's okay, if the rest of you can just begin to pray as I prophesy to some of you, and if I... If we don't call you out, please don't feel that that means that Jesus doesn't love you or doesn't see your need or doesn't see your calling. He absolutely does. There are just some people that God pinpoints at certain moments, at certain hours, just because he knows that they need to be pushed full throttle into their destiny. So as I just begin to call people out, again, if you could just stay in an attitude of prayer. Um, But the first people that the Lord is putting on my heart is Sammy and Stacy. I mean, I'm sorry. It's Sammy and Sarah. And are they over there? Where are they? Where'd you go? You can't see. Where's Sarah? They left? They left. Okay. Well, I'm going to prophesy over them anyway because I felt like the Lord was just calling them out. And those are two people um, that have been in the house of God. And, and this is recorded, so I'm, I know that they're going to see this. Um, these are two people who have been planted in the house of God, and they have been called to the nations. And they have been called to do a great work in the earth. And they have been called to move beyond what their own hands can accomplish for themselves. And so I just declare over Sarah and Sammy today in the name of Jesus that they will go beyond all their limits, that they will move past all their boundaries, that they will see nations healed, that they will speak life and be the trumpet sound for the Holy Spirit in the earth. And I declare that the fire and the light of God on the inside of them will never diminish, but it will only go grow stronger year after year after year after year, that they will be pillars in the house of God, that they will not be torn down, but that they will only be built built up and that they will see miracles 
and they will have what they ask in Jesus' name. Um, the brother with the you with the striped shirt, the button down. Yeah, can you would you feel comfortable standing up? Okay, could you stand for a second? So I was sitting here and I heard the Lord begin to say to you, come boldly before the throne of grace because he's seen a sacrifice that you have made. And I don't know how great that sacrifice has been, but the kingdom of heaven is on your side. And he says, don't be afraid to ask for the windows of heaven to be opened unto you and to your family and to your home because there is a great blessing that God is going to pour out on you. And there are going to be people that are going to see you in a different light. And that doesn't mean that you're being rejected that means that that's your opportunity to share the love of God and to be a mouthpiece for the Holy Spirit and he says and I see you walking and I see as you're walking the the road is like crooked and you say to yourself well how can I walk down this road there are so many bumps and there are so many cracks and holes and I hear the Lord say if you just put one foot in front of the other you're going to see the way be paved for you. And he says that your gift will make room for you. Don't worry about your job. Don't worry about the acknowledgement. But the Lord says your gift will make room for you and that he will put people in remembrance of you. So you never have to make your way, says the Lord. The Lord said he is going to whisper into people's ears and he's going to say, remember him, pick him choose him you will never have to strive to find your place both in the house of God and in whatever profession it is that the Lord has called you to amen 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 God we just give you praise for every word of prophecy this morning God we give you praise because your faithfulness endures from generation to generation and I hear the Lord saying to the two of you do you mind standing I hear the Lord say that you're firecrackers for the Lord. You're firecrackers. You're like spiritual bombs going off in the earth. You are spiritual bombs going off in the earth. And there's a light and there's a fire that God has ignited on the inside of you. And he's going to take you into the enemy's camp. Kind of like how terrorists do. They throw those bombs, except you're Holy Ghost-filled bombs, right? And so you're going to go into the enemy's camp and God's going to catapult you. And he's going to throw you and thrust you into places that you say to yourself, why am I here? What, what, what am I doing here? And the Lord says because of this fire that he started in the two of you, he's going to use you to disarm, dismember, and annihilate the plans of the enemy. There has been so much battle. Like, I see like um, a resistance against you. Like, in the spirit, there's just been like a resistance. And like, you found it difficult, like, to find your place into the house of God. Like, you really... Like, it's like almost like a tug of war, right? And so like you go like this, and then you go like this, and then you go like this, and then you go like this. But that's because the enemy is so deeply afraid of the ministry that lies on the inside of the two of you. Because what he is going to use you for, I hear the Lord say you're going to snatch young women out of darkness and despair. 
You're going to snatch them. You're going to be like, what? No, no, here's the light. And you're going to grab them and you're going to run. And you're going to run with favor and you're going to run with anointing. And the Lord says, you are anointed to snatch women out of darkness. And that's why you've experienced the darkness that you've experienced, says the Lord. Because you are anointed. I want you to put your hands out. Those hands will snatch women out of darkness for the glory of God and you're going to find out why all those things that happened to you that were so unjust happened to you one by one and I hear the Lord saying that as you snatch them out one by one justice is coming to you justice is coming to your soul and God says as you snatch them out of that darkness that you walked through there's going to be healing in your soul each time you reach out so he says, don't hold back. And when you see that young woman, woman crying, and when you say, is that young woman being beaten? Or is she suicidal? And what's going on with her? Go, says the Lord, go. Go to her, go to her, go to her, go to her. And you wrap your arms around her. And with that same love and compassion and grace that you only wish you could have had when you were going through your darkness, you wrap them in that. And that's going to snatch them out of the pit of hell. Amen? Amen. Amen. Lord, we just give you praise. Yeah, I, I want to actually call anybody that ever had a talent or a gift, and you used it at one point, but it's been like hiding, and it's been in the dark, and you haven't utilized it, or maybe someone told you weren't good enough in doing what you're supposed to do. You know, I, one thing I like to do, you know what I hear a lot of? I, like, I wish I could sing. I wish I was like an 80s singer. It ain't happening. But I'm praying for that. But, but one thing I do is that you know when something's good and you know when something's not good. And I believe God gave me ability to understand. Like if I'm if I'm with my wife and I'm with the guys and we're doing worship and they're singing and I'm like it shouldn't sound like that. It should sound like this. So do this tone. And people will laugh like ah, I forgot the name. Wait, where's Bev? I'm shouting her out. Where's Bev? She called me the tambourine person. I'm just a tambourine person inside. And I went home to Lee, and I was telling her, you know what? It's cool. That's all cool and all that. I'm not attacking you. Don't worry about it. Don't feel afraid. But one thing was I love. I love to hear music, and I love the way it sounds, and I love to be a part. I told my wife, I want to be the Christian Puffy or something like that. I don't know what it is. But, but you know what? It was, it's, it's, there's things that are inside of me that are, are shut down because somebody either laughed at you or somebody was like, oh, that's, that's funny. You used to do that? That's crazy. That's crazy. And you just shut down. And we never released it. But you don't know the potential that's inside of you. Because someone only said that you're a preacher and that's about it. Or someone said you only know how to wash dishes. Or know how to take babies. Or take care of babies. Just things like that. That kind of like um, got you into a place where you just hide. I just want to call you up today. If that's you and you've been in that situation. I even hear people like Margie. Every time I talk to my wife, I always ask, what's up with Margie? Why doesn't Margie sing? Margie knows how to sing. Margie knows how to rap. I heard she was in a rap group, right? Is there a rap group? But then one thing, people, we move aside and we just say, I was told one time, I'm not saying this was with you, but I was told one side was like, it's nothing, it's nothing wrong with being in the background. Your wife would be like a, a Joyce Myers and I stay in the background doing nothing. I was like, shut up. I told the person, shut up. Get out of there. I'm not going to be in the background and I become bitter with her. Like if though she was doing something against me. But it was just lies of the enemy to shut my mouth so that I won't be everything that God called us to be. So I just want everybody to stand up right now. I want you to stand. And if you have something inside of you that's been robbed, that the thief has come and tried to take it away and try to rob you of those things, 
and try to make you like if I open my mouth, if I do this, it won't be good enough. Do I, can I really sing? Can I really do this? I want you to come to the front right now. Because I believe the Lord wants to restore certain things inside of you that have been shut up in your mouths. And things that are in your hearts that have been shut up. Talents, authority you have. Gifts to lead. Things that have just been quiet and just not utilizing it. And my wife is going to sing a song. Can I sing a song, Mama? I am. And as, you, as you're making your way up to the front, and I want you to come, I want you to take a minute to just really think on that. But um, Kelly, I hear, I hear the Lord saying, I hear him calling out to you like this, Kelly, Kelly. And he's going like that, right? And I hear him say, but I'm not afar off. And I hear him say, you're like a violin in his hand. And I hear him say he knows every fine detail of who you are. And sometimes the violin can be very intimidating for some people who want to be musicians because they say to themselves, well, it's so difficult, the position that you have to place your head in and all the intricacies of what that means. But the Lord says, I know you and I know every intricate detail about your soul. And he says, you are to be a beautiful instrument in my hand. And the same way that those strings are played, the Lord says that he comes to you each and every day to soothe your soul, to soothe your spirit. And he says with the same peace that the Lord and the easiness and the favor that God brings to you in his presence, he said is the same way he's going to set you before people. He says that you're going to be like a David, like when David played the harp and he went into the, to, to Saul and Saul was being tormented and he went and played his instrument and a great peace and deliverance came came over the king and I hear the Lord say that that's you you're going to bring peace to tormented souls there are those who are being tormented but the Lord says you he says Kelly you're my instrument you're my instrument you look around and you say but who's going to do it and the Lord says it's you and he's calling out to you but you hear him like this Kelly Kelly except he's so close to you and he's like Kelly it's you God, I pray anointing over her. I pray blessing over her. I pray covering over her. I pray an awakening of your presence in your spirit like never before. I pray that in her quiet times, she would be bombarded and overflowed by the spirit of God and that she would be given revelation like never before, that she would have visions and dreams and that when she opens her eyes, she would understand that the vision is her reality and not what's around her in Jesus' name. Yeah, I just want everybody to bow their heads. If, even if you're not up here, I just want you to receive this as well. I just speak awakening to your spirits right now in the name of Jesus. That everything that's been dried up and dead inside, that's been hiding, all the hurts, I speak awakening to your spirit right now in the name of Jesus. That all these things, these talents and all these gifts and all these abilities, and those things that, that you see in your minds and you're like, ah, I wish I could do that. And then you know they're not wishes because the desires that are on your heart is what God has put in your heart. They're not wishes. They're the calling on your life. So I speak awakening to your spirits right now. I speak awakening to your talents right now. The giftings. I just remove all shame right now in the name of Jesus. There's no shame in Jesus right now. It's just joy in heaven right now. For you saying yes, yes to your call. Yes to the things that God has put in your heart. Yes to coming into the, the fold of Christ. And receive their inheritance that awaits you. You know, sometimes we see things as a, a, 
um, a, a one-trick pony. They're like, yo, like a one-trick, saying a one-trick pony. But you're not a one-trick pony. There's many things inside of you that God wants to bring out. But we limit God because of fear. We limit God because someone told us we weren't good enough. But I just give you, like, I, I just hear like this weird saying, but it's like the matrix spirit, like Neo, when the bullets came at him, he said no. That give you, I speak the authority over you right now that you will learn to say no. No when the lies come. No when people laugh. No when people try to shoot you down and try to say, no, you don't know how to do that. You can't do that. I speak anointing of you to say no today so you can awaken to those dreams that people laugh at and people say you're not good enough at. You know, I saw, I saw myself doing this and it may seem funny to you, but I saw myself taking off my shoes in front of you and I'll tell you why in a second. See, when you know that you're home and when you know that you belong, I don't know about you, but the first thing I do is I take off my shoes when I come in the house, right? Worry, I put on my stay. pajamas, but because my pajamas are not here, I don't have them to put on in front of you. However, and I'm glad I have matching socks on today, so that's a plus. But I, I, I kept seeing this picture of me taking off my shoes in front of you. And I really believe that for those of you standing up here, it's a representation of belonging. It's a representation of acceptance. See, when you come home, you can rest. When you come home, you can relax and you can settle down. And when you can settle down, you can think and you can know when the, what the next step is and you can remember what it is you had to do in the first place, but it's not until you settle down and you lay everything aside and you just put your head back. And so I wanna to speak to all of you standing up here in the front this morning and say, welcome home. Welcome home because this is where you belong. I want to speak that word over to some of you, and I really, really feel pressed in my spirit and compelled to say that there are some of you that have been really wrestling with God as to whether or not you should make this your home church. And I know that commitment is scary, and I was scared to commit to this church because I didn't know what to expect. But I hear the Spirit saying, welcome home. And for those of you up here, I hear the Lord saying that your gift belongs. You know, sometimes I've seen great singers, singers that I grew up with, singers that I went to school with, and I see them now, and I say, hey, are you still singing? And they're like, no. I said, no, why are you not still singing? And it's because they never found a place where their gift belonged but I want you to know that God has given you that gift God has given you that talent God has given you that calling God has given you that nudge on the inside of your spirit and some of you may be saying but I don't know where to put it and, and no one's opening up the door for me well I believe that the first step is to get rid of that orphan spirit like as if you don't belong like as if it doesn't matter what you've been given. 
So I declare right now in Jesus' name that every single person represented up here at the altar belongs to God. They belong in the presence of God. They belong to the kingdom of kings and their home is the kingdom of God. Their home is heaven. Their home and their place is found in the bosom of the heart of Christ.
Father, we just thank you this morning, God. We thank you that we belong to you. There is not one in this room that belongs to Satan. There is not one in this room that belongs to the kingdom of darkness. There is not one in this room. The Holy Spirit has come for you to know and the kingdom of God has made itself known this morning so that you would understand that he is your shepherd and this whole time he's been watching for you. The whole time he's been watching you. Christina, he's been watching you and he's seen you and he hasn't forgotten and every cry of your heart is bound up in the palm of God's hand and the promises that he spoke to you even years ago the Lord said that he's going to bring to pass and that you don't have to be afraid that you can now let it all go I hear the Lord say let it all go let it all go he says lay down your hair and rest your head on my shoulder and he says, let it go, let it go, let it go, let it go. Father, that you would teach us all that very same thing, God. That you would teach us all how to just let it go. That you would teach us, God, how not to hold on to things so tightly. So even now, we just pray a prayer of surrender and we release, God, we release to you. We release and we, we make an exchange this morning with you. We make an exchange with you. We exchange what we have in our hand for the currency of heaven. And I want to be as bold enough to say to you, Pastor George, because I hear the Lord say, like, whatever's in your hand, let it go, because the currency of heaven is yours. And there's such a heaviness of the currency of heaven. There's such an abundance. There's such an outpouring of the currency. And I just see this word currency and that there's a trade and that the value of what you see in your hands um, versus what the value of what the exchange is for is so much greater than what you see. And you almost, I dare even say, demean what you have to offer or demean what you have in your hand, like almost like it's not good enough for that exchange and for that wealth and that abundance to be poured out. But I hear the value of the currency and I hear him say, just give it up. Like the value of the currency of heaven. So we're just going to close. I'm going to ask you to lift your hands to heaven. And I just speak to that gift in every one of you. The Bible says that every one of you has been given a gift from heaven. The ability to do things that you can't do on your own. Every one of you has a portion, not just pastors. And I just release that, just as been spoken today. I call it forth. Everything that has died in you, I resurrected in Jesus' name. 
and every place in your life where hope has died, where water has been thrown over your dreams, and every place where you've given up, I speak life in Jesus' name. I cancel every assignment of the enemy that has come against your destiny. Just release, just, just receive right now the new life, new hope, new passion. God is going to do everything he said he's going to do in your life, and man cannot stop it. So I just bless you right now in Jesus' name. Receive that right now in Jesus' name.